You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> I had to hold it. Oh my god, are oh you god. okay? I was like, get that line out. I saw you. I was like, is he gonna cry? Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan. That's Charlotte Wilder. Say hello, Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Oh, I knew you'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a great show for you guys today. A little bit later, Tom Haberstow stops by. We play another thrilling edition of So You Think You Know Me. This time, our guest is the Iceman himself, George Gervin. But first, the headlines. We begin with our contractually obligated Victor Wembenyama segment. That's right. Every week, we got to do a little bit about him and I want everyone to be warned before we show this photo because what you're about to see is quite disturbing. This is Weminyama going up to block that shot. That's right. Look where he is. Look where the shooter is. And I'm telling you that it ended with him blocking the shot. It simply should not be possible. Jason Tatum made Celtics history as he became the youngest player to score 10,000 points for the franchise. That's special. That's cool, he said afterwards. I've just been blessed to be in a great franchise. I've had some great teammates, some great coaches that have contributed to helping me get 10,000 career points. Uh, In other news, I also have reached 10,000 career Boston points in the Dunkin' Donuts app. Not to be outdone, Joe Mazzulla said he's watched the town 10,000 times. That's an ad lib, folks. I came up with it on the spot. Really good. Thank you. At 25 years and 246 days old, Tatum is almost a year younger than the previous record holder, Antoine Walker. Antoine's record of 18,472 shimmies after a routine basketball play remains intact. That's a shimmy for you, folks. The Minnesota Timberwolves currently have the league's best defensive rating at 101.2 points allowed per 100 possessions. Rudy Gobert is number one in the league in individual defensive rating. Ah, you smell that, Charlotte? It's small sample size theater season. Yeah, the T-Wolves have the best defense in the league through the first five games. Charlotte, do you know what the equivalent of that in the NFL would be? I can guess, but I'd rather you tell me. It would be like crowning a team 
the best defense two minutes into the first quarter of game two. Yeah, that's right. Think about that. Think about the second game of the season, a minute or so into the first quarter, like, yep, we did it. We're number one. Suck it. Still longer than Aaron Rodgers lasted, I might point out. Sorry, 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 sorry. Too soon. In other small sample size news, Damian Lillard is apparently playing the worst defense of his career as the Milwaukee Bucks defense has cratered down towards the bottom of the defensive rankings. Oh. Having trouble with your point guard's defense, Milwaukee? Couldn't relate. The reviews are in, Charlotte, for the in-season tournament, and everybody's loving it. Coaches, players, broadcasters, Draymond Green. It was like a playoff game. Job well done by the NBA. Wow, that's really nice of you, Draymond. Greg Popovich, it's exciting for everybody. All these guys are competitive. If you put something out there like this, it just adds to the competitiveness. And then you have Bones Highland. I'm not even going to lie. I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say it, Amin, but I identify with Bones a little too strongly. How do you guys not understand this? It's a tournament. It's different from the regular season games, but it also counts towards the regular season record. And at the end, we're to crown somebody the champion of the in-season tournament, but that will have no bearing on the actual playoffs or the rest of the regular season. Simple. Straightforward. All right. The Denver Nuggets had to repaint the three-point line on their in-season tournament courts after it was discovered that the line's curvature was painted too far back. The Mavericks Grant Williams said, I'm like, there's no way this is supposed to be this far. Everything was short. Plus, I could just tell from the perception, either it was the blue court and it's messing with my eyes in the empty arena, or this line is long. I mean, you know what's worse than getting the three-point line wrong? What's that? The in-season tournament courts in general. (laughs) You ain't lying. Speaking of new courts, the Miami Heat unveiled their special edition culture court, which sounds a lot like the place you go when you get canceled. Oh, my God. Who's the judge in culture court? Um, it's, just, it's Twitter. Yeah. Just just a floating X, I guess. Is this It's a- an app. It's just an app. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the uncontested podcast. I guess they were inspired by the Heat's culture court and suggested that OKC just lists out all of the draft picks they have for the next seven years. That is, ah, that's depressing, man. It's horrifying. That's just, they got to be stopped. Someone get to the bottom of this. What's that? Tim McMahon got to the bottom? Okay. ESPN's Tim McMahon wrote a feature on Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder, which included a quote from Presti saying, quote, I'm not trying to dismiss everyone's excitement, but we're not a 500 team. We have to finish our breakfast before we start acting like we're on the cusp of something. Sam, you started cooking breakfast four years ago. Stir something already. Sam, the eggs, they're too old. Don't nobody want old-ass eggs? My favorite thing about this very well-written article, let me be clear, Tim McMahon does an excellent job, and he did an excellent job you know, detailing what's going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder organization. But None of the quotes that he got were exclusives or with a sit-down from Sam Presti. They were all from Sam Presti's preseason 
uh, media availability. He does two of these kind of State of the Union addresses, one before the season and one after the season. And that's where he jams it all in. He spoke for 34 minutes and then had a 77-minute Q&A session. Outside of that, there were no quotes from Presti on the record or off the record, or for that matter, anyone else in the Thunder organization who wasn't caught on the record like in a media scrum or media availability. You know what the O in OKC stands for, right, Charlotte? No. Omerta. That's a godfather thing. Yeah, that's a mob joke. Yep. Organized crime. In the Warriors' loss to the Cavaliers over the weekend, Draymond Green was not pleased with the ref's decision not to call a foul on a groin shot from Jarrett Allen. Draymond, clearly in pain following the collision, voiced his frustration on his Instagram story, writing, The Draymond Green rule is only a rule when Draymond Green is delivering, dot, dot, dot. Cool. Well, yes, Draymond. If you call it the Draymond Green rule, it will only apply to Draymond Green. You have to rebrand, my dude. Sticking with the Warriors, Steve Kerr pushed back on criticism of Jordan Poole following remarks by Draymond Green calling the Warriors' chemistry last season, quote, awful. It's unfair for people to to just you know point at Jordan. That's 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 wrong. I mean, last year went went haywire. For a lot of different reasons, Jordan was fantastic while, while he was here. He helped us win a championship, and I hate that he gets any criticism. Kerr went on to say, "Honestly, the biggest thing is the veteran experience. I, I got to tell you, Corey Joseph has barely played, but he has made such a dramatic impact in our locker room on our team. We have such a, a better balance of." Uh, veteran experience and kind of the right number of young guys to be perfectly frank um you know i think last year we were just we were overloaded with youth and you know trying to develop too many people at at the same time overloaded with youth and trying to develop too many people at the same time sounds like dating men in your 20s am i right oh James Harden made his long-awaited season debut with the Clippers last night at Madison Square Garden as they took on the New York Knicks. In his first game as a Clipper, Harden... All right, so here's the deal. Full disclosure. We taped this on Monday afternoon, well well before Harden ever even got to Madison Square Garden, so I don't actually know what he did or how he did or even if he played or not, so just bear with us and play along. And the priest says, that's why I have two left feet. <laughs> I mean, you are so right. That is exactly what happened. All right. Coming up. So you think you know me with the Iceman, George Gervin. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities, stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy 
for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus, a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head-scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. You guys think the Timberwolves can beat the Nuggets? Anthony Edwards is plus 1,300 to win finals MVP. Wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. And if your team isn't in the playoffs, you can wager on who's going to win in the draft lottery on May 12th. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code ODDBALL. That's code O-D-D-B-A-L-L for new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know what time it is. It's time whenever you see Tom's bald head down there. That means we're about to play. So you think you know me, Tom. Take it away. All right, George. Welcome to the hottest new game show on the internet where I quiz NBA legends about their own careers. You know, George, fans like to think of themselves as expert on their favorite players. But who knows players better than the players themselves? Am I right, George? Well, uh, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) all right so the game is called so you think you know me and we just had lamarcus aldridge on isaiah thomas carlos boozer and they just had an absolute blast with us so uh george are you ready to play so you think you know me yeah i'm ready let's do it okay first question do you remember how many points you scored on sunday april 9th 1978 let's go ahead 63 points Yes, that's a, that's a softball question, man. <laughs> that was, yeah, I know you gave me the easy one first. So tell the people why that day is so easy and why that was such a softball, a layup, if you will. Because that was when I got my first scoring title against David Thompson, and I was leading the league and scoring all the way to the last game. And, and me and David was neck and neck, and David scored 73 points in Detroit, and I needed 63. No, I needed 59. Um, and he played, fortunately for me, he played in the afternoon. So I played that night. So I kind of kn- knew what I needed. So I got 63 and 33 minutes. George, what, th- what did David say to you after that happened? He said, well, if anybody can do it, he knew Ice could. <laughs> what a compliment, man. I mean, and, and you know, that registered to me more than me scoring the points is how he handled it. 
You know, I'm still proud of him today, how he handled it, you know what I mean? Because he could have went in another direction, man. But I probably would have did him the same way just because of the respect we have for one another. So what's amazing is there is no video of that game, or at least uh, I've never come across it, or David Thompson's game, which makes it even more mythical. But, George, I did get my hands on a box score, okay? And one of your teammates in that game tallied eight assists more than anybody else on the Spurs And that player just so happened to be in his final game of his NBA career. And I'm wondering if you remember which player in that game, I'm guessing a lot of those eight assists went to you. Who was that teammate that racked up eight assists in that famous game? Oh, well, if I could take a guess, man, I'd say Louis Dampier. Not Louis Dampier. Uh Uh-oh. But that's okay. That's okay. You play with a lot of great players in your career. Uh, does does Mo Layton ring a bell? Oh yeah, Mo Layton. <laughs> Left hand Mo. <laughs> Mo was one of the guys for me. You know, he was a veteran, and Mo was a motivator. You know, so Mo kept edging me on. You know, to to get the scoring title, man. So when you say that, you know, it do bring back wonderful memories with you know with Mo. Mo played with me a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, and he was more of a journeyman, but he was, uh, to me, he was well-rounded in the game of basketball, man. So he knew the game, and, and he was a, a motivator, man. So that's the name out of the past for me. Left-hand Mo is almost as good a nickname as the Iceman. I love, I love Mo Layton. <laughs> How did Mo like to get the ball to you? Well, you know, he just got it to me, you know what I mean? And back when we played, he can get it to you in the right spot where, you know, back then when we played, you couldn't put it on the flow in order for it to be an assist from, you know, one of the players, you know. So Mo understood, you know, where I like to score. And, you know, I I, I knew where I like to score. And that was as close to the basket as I can get. So. You know, that's probably the reason, uh, you know, Mo got them kind of assists, you know, because I was the one basically the only one shooting. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've been a basketball fan my whole life pretty much, and that day, uh, April 9th, is one that everyone who loves basketball history knows about that day because of what you and David Thompson did. And we've heard the numbers and we've heard all that. What I've never heard was, who was checking you? Who was guarding you that day, George? Who got the the brunt of that that onslaught of offense? Well, you know, I always say Casper and the friendly ghost was guarding me, man, <laughs> because I was going through guys. But, you know, uh, E.C. Coleman. You remember a guy named E.C. Coleman? Mm-hmm. E.C. Coleman was known around the league for, you know, he was about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and he was a good defense uh, defensive guy. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers. There's another one, there's another one about six, seven, six, eight that guarded me pretty well. But, you know, at the, I was on a roll, you know, I was in a zone. So, you know, it wasn't too much they could do with me at that time. You know, once I got going, 
The only one who can guard George Gervin is George Gervin himself. That's the only one who can stop him. All right. Well, I mean, I, I had my bad days. <laughs> <laughs> well, surely this really great day happened where you walk into the arena and apparently, according to my research, there was 10,000 posters distributed out to the fans who showed up to the <laughs> Do you already Golden, know what I'm talking? Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Okay, I I'm gonna show the poster that uh, became known as the B- Bruise Brothers, your teammates. Uh, a photo that was distributed, ten thousand posters from Kenny Shoes, a big time <laughs> new department store. This photo right here, I'm trying to get it not blurred by the screen. Oh, oh wow! They're the Bruise Brothers. <laughs> so there's six yeah. players in this photo. Um, I'm wondering how many. This is 1980. Your teammates, the big, the big rebounders and shot blockers. I'm wondering how many of the six players that became famous for the poster on the Kenny Shoes flyer that went to the 10,000 fans, or how many of these teammates can you name? Let's see. The rebounders, the big dudes on the team in 1980 that that helped you. Was that George Johnson? That's right, George Johnson, right here uh, yeah. on the left side of this photo. Shot blocker led the league in shot blocks oh, yeah. in that um, season. Was that uh? Wow, did I say George Johnson? Yeah, you he, said George Johnson. There's another Johnson, a teammate on your squad there. Yeah, that was, there. Uh, um, was it Reggie Johnson? Reggie Johnson, that's right. The rookie himself, who was, I think, the 15th pick that year out of Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Was that uh, Ristani? Rist- Man, yes, it's Kevin Ristani. Yes, it's three for three. Wow. Kevin Ristani, who was big yeah. O on your, on your team, the guy you played with more than anybody in the Spurs career. Oh, you know, Oberdeen? That's right. <laughs> now, uh, and then there's one more in there, ain't it? We've got uh, uh, a guy who played 13 seasons in the NBA from DePaul, known for probably his Bulls career, a little bit more than his Spurs career, but he played two seasons with you with the Spurs. His first name, Dave, last name. Oh, yeah, Dave Corzine. That's Corzine. That's yeah, right. That. Man, I the love last, my teammates, man. The last one we have here is seven-year NBA veteran number 30, from Shelby, Michigan. Oh, you talking about uh, is that uh? Oh wow, is that Paul Griffin? This guy, wow, this guy, George. He's named all six. George Gervin. Wow, six of them. That that was guys. For those who don't know, the Blues Brothers came out that year, and this was a big marketing push for the squad. And this was the the you know the. The Detroit Pistons, the bad boys before the bad boys. So these guys, they helped you a lot this season, yeah? Yes, sir, man. Them guys, man, that's what I'm saying, man. I never forget them. I mean, them guys, man, I used to tell a guy, man, he owe me, man, get him off me. Man, them brothers used to get him off me too, man. I mean, they say, bring him over here and then come back this way real hard. Boy, I tell you, man, it was fun playing with them guys, man. George, do you remember that photo shoot? Uh, not really, I, you know, but I do remember the poster, right? You know, I mean, I, you know, I didn't know it was Kenny Shoes, but you know, back then, I mean, 
we were scraping to do things, um, you know, as far as um, marketing, you know, we were new. I mean, we were, you know, we were small market, man, but I appreciate them guys so much, man. They, they really helped me with my career. Well, I, last thing before you go, uh, I, before I go, I noticed, um, you know, these were six of your teammates here, but one of the things that uh, always stuck out to me is the fact that you were the scoring leader in not just that season against David Thompson. Do you remember who you beat, this, the runner-up in your scoring runs, the other three scoring titles that you had, any of the scoring title would-bes if George Gervin didn't exist, the ones that you beat? Well, it had to be a world be free, one of them. This guy. George, you know yourself very, very well. World be free. Well, you be, be out hey, twice. That's why I've been married 47 years. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> no, um, well, I know David and it was World. I know Adrian Dantley beat me the year I didn't win it. I didn't win it 400 years in a row. Um, so I won Last it one was in 82. In 82 was yeah. Adrian Dantley at number three. Number two was Moses. Yeah, Moses Malone. Mode, but Moses beat me out of MVP that year. Yeah. You know, I didn't but, uh, but yeah. you know, I, I couldn't. Uh, Moses deserves it. <laughs> George Gervin has beaten the So You Think You Know Me game. He is unbelievably good after, after all these years. I mean, this was amazing. Thank you so much, George. And uh, hey, I, I learned a lot from you, your book. I appreciate you doing this. And a lot of this research came from there. So thank you for that. And, uh, You really know yourself. Hey, thanks, Tom. Appreciate you, man. Charlie, did you get anything in the mail? No, did you? I did not. A lot of my friends got a nice little care package from the league, I guess, to get them hyped for the in-season tournament. And NBA, I'm a little little offended. I have some thoughts, Amin, which is, as Mm -hmm. you'll see behind me, um, the Denver Nuggets in-season tournament court, 5280, Mm 5280, mile-high city. They're that many feet in a mile. Even I know that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think every court actually should be required to put how far above sea level they are. I think we should have that everywhere. I'll be honest with you. The courts notwithstanding, I really did enjoy the basketball. I thought their effort level was increased i thought teams were trying hard i thought the crowds were excellent i wasn't ready to start into in-season tournament when the season itself was only a couple weeks old but i get it because the inventory that they're trying to package and gussy up and sell is the stuff that traditionally has been their weakest part which is everything from now until christmas i also think that it i don't know if it felt too soon for me i feel like you have some tournament games some non-tournament games so it mixes it up a little in a way that i actually think can kind of sustain over that period of time i also think though that even players who said you know i don't fully understand what this is like damian lillard was like i don't really know uh all Mm -hmm. i know is we're trying to get to vegas and the trying to get to Vegas part to me was the most important because he clearly knows what the end goal is. And he's mm-hmm. saying, even if he's just saying it, he's saying he cares about it. These guys are competitive. There ain't nobody walking onto the court wanting to lose. I do want to address one last thing, though. Mm-hmm. That some people have said you'd like to see a more tangible reward, benefit, for, reward yeah, for winning yeah. it, like an 
automatic playoff berth or an automatic play-in berth. And I don't want to see that. Like five months of regular season basketball becomes instantly meaningless. It, it, it has to be valuable for its own sake. Not At the most, if you want to give a, a reward, maybe you get an extra draft pick. The playoffs and the play-in have to be about your regular season resume. It can't be about something you did for a couple of weeks in the, in November and December. Well, and that's the whole point of this thing. The, the whole point of this thing is to build its own value. The whole point of this thing is to matter in and of itself. And I think that the level of competitiveness within mm. NBA players, coupled with that amount of cash that we talked about a few episodes ago, can really change somebody's life. I mean, the first year of anything is always a little wonky. And I think it's the next couple of years that determine whether this matters and how much players care about it. But I hope I hope they do because I've I've enjoyed it. I've been like, what are the oh, a funky court. This means it's a little different. Right. The tournament games are on Tuesdays and on Fridays. Today is Tuesday. There are no games today because it's election day. So they wanted everyone to go out and be able to participate in the democratic process. So shout out to the NBA for being very, I guess, civic minded. Yeah, go vote if you can. We still have to work, though, so. Yeah, we're here. It's not like I got a day off. <laughs>